Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. You know, uh, I was thinking we're all familiar with the idea of secret documents in fiction, right? It's it's the uh, the umami of any any good spy thriller, right? It's the great MacGuffin of so many stories, and increasingly, conversations about real life classified documents are in the mainstream news. More people are thinking about them in a factual way than they have for many years. But as our fellow conspiracy realist Jack over on Instagram recently asked, what does all this stuff mean? What is all this gobbledygook? That's why today we're exploring federal classification. There'll probably be a couple of episodes related to this and why it is such a problem in the modern day. Uh, Here are the facts. You got to have it, right? You got to have secrets. It's a necessary evil. And, uh, you know, we're big transparency advocates, but even even folks like us know that some doors have have to remain closed, right? Like it's 
I, I think it's reasonable to assume, you know, whether you were a dyed-in-the-wool patriot or whether you're like an avowed enemy of the so-called great Satan or like millions of other people, you just happen to live in the U.S. I think we all assume that this country has a lot of secrets to keep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no question there. Well, yeah. Any, anytime there's global conflict because of the way our systems of society are set up, you've got to have secret action possible. And in order to take a secret action, you have to conspire with your team, basically, or collude with your team, work with your team in secret to get things done. It's just weird that we also have a system of democracy, at least in this country, where we all kind of pay for a government to function for us, but then we don't get to know what that government is doing often. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's at the root of one of the paradoxes here. And it it very much is a conspiracy. You know, we we mentioned this in our book, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, which is out now wherever you find your favorite books. Uh, And just, you know, to mention some some local spots, you can get it. Books are Magic in Brooklyn has them and uh, Powell's Books in Portland. We've had some really cool reports of sightings in the wild. It's neat to to know that these very awesome legacy, amazing businesses uh, have the book. So the U.S. itself started as a secret plot. It started as a conspiracy. And now, hundreds of years later, like any other government, this need for secrecy eventually led to, wait for it, paperwork. Oh, and also murder and also coups and a ton of corruption. But we'll just for today, we'll, we'll put that to the side a little bit and you'll see why. And um, some fun vocabulary. Oh, gosh, so much fun vocabulary, so much. Or dare we say jargon, <laughs> dare we say mm. meant to obfuscate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, legalese, right? Uh, all, all sorts of things. You know, we said this years ago, and I still think it's true. At a certain point, you have to ask, is this language purposely meant to be off-putting? Right. There, there are a lot of people who don't want you to read these sorts of things. Uh, and... That's not saying that they're all Monty Burns-esque lawful evil on the D&D scale, just, you know, uh, doing some weird stuff, steepling their fingers and going, ha ha, no one will make it through this paragraph. Uh, But the result ends up being the same, as if they had done that on purpose. Every other nation has done this too. It's not a glass house situation. It's a glass planet here. Uh, In the U.S., the Civil Service Act of 1883 established what we call the predecessor of background checks. Background checks, still very much a thing. We've got an episode coming up. uh, I think it'll be later this week on that. Uh, But it's strange because they've always been, as corporate America puts it, building the plane while they're flying it, right? Or building the car while they're driving it. The current system for classifying stuff was established way back in 1951, and it keeps getting um, readdressed by executive orders often. And then there will be congressional investigations that usually happen when someone has shat the bed uh, in one way or another. Uh, Currently, uh, anything we say about the classification system as it stands today is mapped out by an executive order from the uh, Barack Obama administration. Executive order 13526, save you some time. It's not really a page turner. 
It's freely available online. You can read it. It's got a lot of the legalese nomenclature. It tries to be precise. But as we'll see, it still runs into some of the same vague and dangerous problems of the classification system overall, which are conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when maybe a legal, an opposing legal team wants to just throw a wrench in the works of, you know, whomever they're arguing against, they will just um, bury them in in discovery or in like, you know, paperwork. They'll just literally send like truckloads of stuff. Uh, so they end up in a needle in the haystack situation. And that's kind of what a lot of these overly long, overly complex documents kind of are for the public. Guys, I had a minor revelation I just want to share with you before we move on to the next part. I was thinking about why the uh, colonists were so successful in their tradecraft attempts during the Revolutionary War, when the United States was founded through this conspiracy, right? And I imagine the British forces, uh, the government itself, being very much used to tradecraft, uh, trying to infiltrate their ranks, right? Trying to get in and find information, figure stuff out about their movements for an advantage, right? But it feels, I was trying to think of a time when the British government would have had British-like people, people who were recently British, uh, try attempting to do that against them, attempting to work against them. like, And then figuring out, it must have been much more difficult to ascertain whether someone was a perhaps foreign spy in this case, because foreign spy would have been formerly British not that long ago, I guess. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. There were also, of course, you know, uh, colonists from other parts of Europe, you know, mm -hmm. Germany, France, and so on, mm -hmm. who would have been treated as possible, you know, possible Possible spies or infiltrators. Uh, one one thing I think that's huge about that situation is we have to remember how slow information was. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So there there was literally no way for uh, the crown to know what was going down until someone got across the ocean to tell them. So there was a lot. There was a big window of time here that just doesn't exist today. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Um, also there was a lot of, a, a lot of local support. That part of history isn't, isn't sanitized. That part is true. A lot of people were going, uh, I might not agree on everything with you, but yeah, no, screw these taxes. I hate this. I, I hate this King guy. Where does he get the nerve? And you know what? If you have a problem, come find us. The exact same thing is going to happen when lunar colonies come into existence. Hmm. The exact same thing is going to happen if people ever have a permanent foothold on Mars. What are you going to do? Send right? more rockets? Yeah, cool. that's, we'll that's all them. we can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, nuclear weapons would be the danger, but then you would literally be wiping everything off the map. So anyway, that's, <laughs> that's definitely going to happen, right? Uh, the first the first lunar government, if it is a government and not a private entity, is only going to be part of the Terran world for a generation or two, I would give it, you know. And I'm, I'm glad to eat crow on air if I'm wrong and the show's still on when that happens, but generation or two, max. Hey, there should be a podcast called Eating Crow. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, it just occurred to me. That's uh, like <laughs> Don't know why. Don't know what it'll be about. It might be a weird ASMR like mukbang type thing, or it might just be someone apologizing, uh, you know, very self-deprecatingly every every episode. I almost guarantee it already exists. It's a good name. 
That's all I'm saying. It is. It is hosted by Pete Durant. Bummer. <laughs> Eating crow. Uh, if you, it's for, uh, it's amazing. It's stories of amazing people for entrepreneurs and leaders. Uh, we haven't heard it, or I haven't heard it. I don't know. But, you know, we, we are very much, a, we're not a zero-sum game here. We do believe that rising tides carry all vessels. Federal classification does think of things in the terms of a zero-sum game. Uh, right now, multiple agencies in the government can classify stuff. From The Department of Defense does most of it. Uh, Department of Energy does a lot because they touch nuclear technology. Uh, and for a while, being cleared by one agency didn't always mean you were cleared by another one. That's changed. So now, like, if you get a background check and you pass it such that, say, uh, the DOD gives you secret access, then that same background check is supposed to be honored by other agencies as long as it's still current. But, you know, it's like transferring credits at a college. You'd be surprised by how, how messy it can get. Of course, you know, if you're the average U.S. resident, you're not going to run into this stuff. And unfortunately, folks, we looked into this. You cannot classify info on your own. You can't you can like make a motion to have a record sealed. But if you're a civilian, that's about as close as you get. You can't, you know, um, you can't accidentally shart at your next holiday party and then tell everybody that that is considered classified information. Mm -hmm. Right. And that you, cause you can't put them in prison yeah. if they say, Oh man, you know, Derek or Jane or whatever totally sharded and everybody <laughs> knew it because they were talking at the time. But wait a minute, though. But there are, are there not instances, though, where something maybe, you know, of national security interest does occur with witnesses. What happens then? Mm. Then, then take you them get, out. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that was my first go-to. <laughs> but joking. are there potentially like you better sign this thing and we'll give you some money or something? And if you say anything, then at this point you will be liable. And if they don't play ball, then maybe it is take them out. But surely this has happened. Yeah, before the days of the internet and social media, especially, it was a lot easier to tamp down on that kind of. Um, the strategy used to be tamping down and suppressing information, right? And now increasingly the strategy is to flood information, right? So now you've gone from like one person says, here's a needle and you go, oh snap, that's a secret needle. Shut up, don't tell anyone. Now that doesn't work as well. So now people have to increasingly or agencies and entities have to increasingly say, oh, Maybe there's a needle, but let's see if you can find it through these oh, 48 haystacks. Yeah, it's, it's 24 the, more needles. It's that That's same weird. legal tactic I was talking about earlier where it's like, yeah, either the thing is in here and we are technically in compliance with what we're supposed to do under the law, but also like screw you and fat chance you're ever going to find what you're looking for. Oh, also speaking of uh, fighting the good, because I love going into the trenches on this kind of stuff, guys, you know that uh, not to brag, but someone just got their piece of the settlement with Wal Wells Fargo. Uh, so what'd you get? What'd you get? <laughs> what? No, Did I you get three dollars. Four fifty. Who we got? I can't I can't put a number on it, but next round of drinks is on. OK, me. fair. Next uh, next half a shot. We'll share. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, we'll yeah. all split yeah. it. Uh, so for a long time, the issue was and this is still a thing. Anybody who's listening who's in the business today knows this. 
a lot of agencies tend to function as their own little fiefdoms. And that's a, that's a problem, you know, that kind of siloing of information, that continual infighting for budget, that leads to serious issues. And I don't know, I'm still stuck on it. You know, just for fun, it would be great to hear from some of our fellow conspiracy realists who tried to convince a government or friend group they had classified something. Let us know if it works for you. But to, to our knowledge, I think at this point, the closest you as a civilian can get is uh, trying to get someone to, fi- uh, to file an NDA, which actually can get pretty unethical. They don't always work. Uh, you can uh, petition to have a record sealed or something. But if, there, if there's a witness and you yourself are not a man in black, uh, Johnny Cash or otherwise, you're going to have a tough time keeping it secret. But maybe we talk about that. So secret, there are there are different levels, right? There are levels to the game. So maybe we can walk through what those are and then some of the exceptions, which we might have to save for a later episode because they're the real juicy ones. So um, getting back to what classification is, it can typically be divided up into three sections or, or I guess levels, you know, almost like escalations, you know, each one kind of being more, uh, more secret than the next. Uh, we've got confidential, which is uh, described officially as the uh, unauthorized disclosure of which reasonably uh, could be expected to cause damage to the national security that the original classification authority is able to identify or describe. Cool. God, that's clear as well, clear as crystal. <laughs> the most important thing here is it's something that could reasonably be expected to cause damage, right? Reasonably expected to cause some damage to national security. And then it just goes up from there with with tiny little modifiers to let you know the severity has increased. Yep. And then we've got secret. Secret secrets are no fun because it could, like, get you killed. Uh, the unauthorized disclosure of which reasonably, once again, could be expected to cause serious damage to the national security um, that the original classification authority is able to identify or describe. So we've gone from damage to serious damage, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's also really important to note there that that part at the end where your brain kind of shuts off, the uh, that the original classification authority is able to identify or describe, it's very important. You have to be able to show that this thing will cause damage, right? You can't just say some agent or some person who is in charge of one of these organizations can't just say, well, we're pretty sure it's going to cause damage. You have to show it. Again, shout out to the Mitchell and Webb conspiracy sketches. They're so good. Please watch them. Uh, They've got one on the moon landing, one on Princess Diana, and then one on aliens, I think. Uh, So the next one is the crowd favorite, beloved by conspiracy realists and screenwriters alike. Top secret. Also, also weirdly beloved by a lot of folks in government. Uh, this is the unauthorized disclosure of which reasonably could be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to the national security that the original classification authority is able to identify or describe. We're going to keep things like special access programs or SAPs and controlled unclassified to one side for now. Although controlled unclassified is my favorite because it is one of my favorites because they're saying it's illegal to distribute this. Okay. We know that people know, but we don't want to, you know, put it in the headline. We don't want it on page one of the conversation. Uh, and this, 
you know, I'm glad you guys point out the commonalities here. There are three big components to the way this is constructed. So the first is it's all about national security, right? It's a purposely vague, broad, and shifting term. That's one of the big problems as well. Uh, Matt, I want to go back to what you said earlier. The addition at the end, a classifying agency can't just say, you know, they have to, they have to say this we have to describe what makes this information a threat and we have to describe the ways in which it could damage national security. However, this agency or entity defines national security, which is a great boogeyman and rhetorical device uh, used to scare you if you are American. Also reasonably, that term throws me a little bit. Reasonably to whom? You know what I mean? Like, like that, 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 that to me, where it seems like it might be a unifying element or a way of kind of like, you know, having these things have some sort of standard. To me, it's kind of like a vague element. Reasonably. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I just uh, reasonably depending on the circumstance and, and, to, and who's, who's talking. Yeah, there's some, I mean, it's almost like, we'll get to this later, but it's, um, it's pretty subjective. Those, those three components are all dangerously subjective and sometimes they have to be, but a good example just off the top of the dome would be um, going public with the construction details and operation manual for a new type of nuclear missile, right? That could reasonably be expected to damage national security because you're telling geopolitical rivals, hey, here's what we built. You can do it at home. But unreasonable would be creating like a Rube Goldberg-esque mousetrap series of events that would lead to it harming national security. Like nobody can know that the head of the NSA is uh, super into the sport of cricket. Because if people know cricket being popular in areas like Pakistan uh, may lead to him being approached by people who are big in the cricket community and they may leverage him for secrets. Therefore, he is a it's a grave threat to national security. No one can know that he is an absolute nut for cricket. That would be kind of unreasonable. But you can see it making sense. If you, I, I keep thinking about the SR-71 uh, plane, guys, the spy plane. It feels like if that thing, if you were writing that out in the same way in long form of why that thing has to be kept secret, it would make sense, even though it would be a chain of events, right? The public, if we tell the public that these UFOs they were seeing were actually this you know, new spy plane, then our, you know, geopolitical enemies find out that we have this spy plane, then they realize that they've also been seeing the spy plane and just like you could, yeah. it would make sense. And it's a, it's a feedback loop too, because one of the big, and you know, we want to speak carefully about this, but one of the big motivators for a lot of classification, at least in, in those hypotheticals we're discussing, involves not letting the enemy know how we know what we know. Right. So some UAP stuff might be classified because uh, factions of the U.S. government don't want other countries to know the sophistication or the nature of their surveillance techniques. That's a very real concern. So that's it. Those rankings, by the way, uh, since they all talk about the degree of potential harm, 
what they call potential harm in the biz is sensitivity. How sensitive is this? They're not talking about emo albums. They're talking about how dangerous something could be. And they just thought sensitive was a less scary word. So anyway, that's the show. We got them. Record scratch. Not really. (laughs) Uh, This feels high level, right? It feels cut and dried. But it's just scratching the surface. And there's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt that in some cases over the years and quite recently, this same approach to secrecy has done much more harm than it has done good. We'll tell you what we mean after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. (laughs) 
here's where it gets crazy. Uh, first, first things first, way more people have access to this stuff than you might think. Like, millions of people in the U.S. So we just got an email from someone <laughs> talking about their security clearance. <laughs> right. So how many people... Like, what's the threshold for secrecy? This is my question. I know it's a very dumb question, but I love dumb questions. What's the, like, at what threshold does something no longer become secret? How many people does it take to know something before everybody can say this is no longer a secret, right? Like, if if 330 million something people all get top secret classification tomorrow, are we still going to pretend it's a secret? <laughs> Do we, yeah, do we have yeah, like a we handshake? Yeah. We have to. It's for national security, well, but. I have a question for you guys. I was watching a show with my girlfriend the other night, and uh, there was like a redacted document, you know, and it had all the like the, the scratched out text. And all she, the fun stuff. Correct. And she pointed out like, why would you even print the thing out if you're just going to go through it and, uh, and, and you know, black line it like that? And, and I guess my, my response was, well, it, it wasn't always like that. You know, it, 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 like some of those things change, right? And, and and yeah, sometimes you legally have to print that stuff out, right? Because you're compelled yep. to by the law. <laughs> yeah, they still work for paperwork. us, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, if you think about it, the old school, the old school methods are still in place That's because right. now they're more secure than a lot. You know, like cloud storage. <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, but this this kind of this clearance question also gets us in really crazy situations like when the Chelsea Manning leaks hit there parts of the government put out orders to their employees saying hey if you don't have access you can't read this even though it's like all over the news even though it's all over WikiLeaks it's a type and a click away uh, it gets surreal so as of August 2022 which is some of the latest numbers we could find somewhere around 1.3 million people in this country had some kind of top secret security clearance. That doesn't mean they all hang out in some Borges esque library, you know, joking about who really killed JFK. Uh, they also don't get universal access to everything. Uh, that's, not how it works. And everybody who works in the security field who just heard that idea probably almost had a heart attack because that's ridiculous. It's a messy bag of badgers. It's a ton of people. They're expected to keep a ton of secrets. And a lot of these secrets, honestly, to you, the average resident of the US, if that's where you're based, they wouldn't matter to you. You wouldn't care. You'd be like, what's the big hubbub, bub? Where's the beef? Right? Why, why, why is this a secret? It's like if you caught somebody, um, if you caught somebody in a completely unnecessary lie, you know, and you said, uh, you, they were like, uh, okay, I'm wearing green socks, but no one can know. And you found out their socks were red and, and you would say, well, why, why are we having this conversation, man? He's <laughs> trying to confuse you because know? you, you might be the enemy. Right, right. Uh, it's weird stuff. I, it makes this whole conversation makes me think about that listener who sent us a voicemail about that manhole cover that had the yes. alarm on it. Chen, Chen, right? Like, how many people knew that manhole had an alarm on it? <laughs> like, I wonder how many people there were. I bet it's way more than I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, and and sadly, it's not. 
it's still not Chen or, or Chen's employer, the people who could help avoid that uh, that situation. And we're able to joke about this because Chen's okay, by the way. Uh, but this happens a lot more than you think, and a lot more people are, have access to secret stuff uh, than than it sounds. But that's a big problem. There's there are fiefdoms, there are cliques. You know, we said uh, before the break that a lot of groups can classify something. Well, to be very diplomatic, they're they're a little proactive about it. They're a little zealous about it. And this is where we go to a great piece written by Mike Giglio for The Atlantic back in 2019. Correct. Um, And in this piece, uh, Giglio points out that since World War II, eight different government commissions have taken a a hard look at this. Um, And every single one of them found that the U.S., is most likely overclassifying things. So the question then becomes, what does it mean to overclassify? Um, it essentially means that some people are getting a little bit too high on their own authority and and uh, and wielding it like a like a like a blunt instrument. Um, this, Your horse is too high, sir. In, indeed, it is. Your soapboxes are too stacked. Uh, this is not to say that the classification is a bad thing. Because we know it's not a bad thing. I mean, there's a reason for it to exist. There is information that, if fallen into the wrong hands, could actually put, you know, American lives uh, at risk. Mm-hmm. And, and look, if there was no classification, if there were no secrets, not just in the U.S., but around the planet, then civilization, as you know it, listening to this podcast, would come toppling down very quickly. Things would descend into chaos, and that's not hyperbole. But Giglio, knowing this as well, says too much national security information from trivial to the politically inconvenient gets labeled confidential, secret, or top secret, meaning you you will never be able to access it unless you have that clearance. You pass that background check. You get read on, as they say, in special access programs. But Again, like to that earlier point you made, Matt, of course you have to classify stuff like undercover operations, black bag stuff abroad, sending the stealth helicopters to get bin Laden, uh, or the latest hot gossip on a foreign rival, or research into surveillance tech and weapons of war. But then there's stuff like this, and I really appreciate that you put this in here, Mike. This is a legitimate classified paragraph from a 2006 diplomatic cable. It was leaked by Chelsea Manning in 2010. I suggest we round robin it and just will it's kind of long. So we'll just switch off sentence to sentence. Uh, and then, dear listeners, tell us if you think this should have been classified at the end or actually um if you you guys have already read this, well, let's let's also amongst ourselves talk about whether this should have been secret. Dagestani weddings are serious business, a forum for showing respect, fealty, and alliance among families. The bride and groom themselves are little more than showpieces. Weddings take place in discreet parts over three days. Uh, on the first day, the groom's family and the bride's family simultaneously hold separate receptions. <laughs> this sounds nice. Uh, during the receptions, the groom leads a delegation to the bride's reception and escorts her back to his own reception, at which point she formally becomes a member of the groom's family, forsaking her old family and clan. 
The next day, the groom's parents hold another reception, this time for the bride's family and friends, who can inspect the family they have given their daughter to. On the third day, he rose... No, uh, it says, the bride's family holds a reception for the groom's parents and family. It'd be funny that it's redacted the word reception. Uh, because that'd be that'd be a lot of black ink right there alone. Does this sound like a column out of like, you know, a Vanity Fair or something like that? It really just sounds like sort of like a you know Robin Leach kind of lifestyles of the rich and famous sort of David Attenborough anthropological work. Correct. Yeah. That, well, that well, yeah, it's a cable. Sure. It's a cable. So it's just it's uh, information coming from. Is it from the consulate or from uh, from an embassy? Right. That's generally what these cables were. Just communications. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> just diplomatic messages. So, look, this doesn't have it, it. It's like a telegram, right? It's a text best text based message from you know various parts of the uh, Department of State. So, I guess first, congratulations to all the Dagestani newlyweds out there. But how is this national security? When Chelsea Manning leaks this, is technically a crime for which one can be imprisoned. Despite the fact that, and we confirmed this, you can find information about these weddings at any number of publicly accessible forums, right? You can, you know, it's the age of the internet. You could go on Twitter and say, hey, anybody know a Dagestani person? Tell me about the weddings. And then they would tell you because it's not like they're giving you the keys to nuclear power. So that stuff is classified. And and again, that's not a ding on the Dagestani newlyweds. Again, congratulations. But your wedding is not a matter of national security, most people would say. Uh, another another funny one that I got me here, uh, <clears throat> it's very Heller-esque catch-22. Even the grand poobahs of the intelligence community think this is overkill. The former director of the CIA and the NSA famously complained about it. Michael Hayden said, everything's secret. I mean, I got an email saying Merry Christmas. It carried a top secret NSA classification marking. <laughs> That's his <Shh>. quote. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Nobody snitch. Ah, I should have said happy holidays. That's why. Uh, war on Christmas. What I was about to say. <laughs> Sad. No, I can know. Sad. <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of weird, though, right? Like when we, because when we think about this stuff, we think of you know uh, secret operations. We think of suppressed technology. We think of active spies or active wet work missions. But no, it's stuff like. Sometimes it's stuff like Merry Christmas, and here's how these people handle weddings. Very like talk of the town. But, but is it is is the is the purpose of this redaction just so you don't even know the person was there and 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 who they were and maybe there's more to it that could be you know from prying eyes uh, give away the game to some degree. Right, right. Figuring out how we got this information again. Or, um, you know, but then the question comes up from earlier. What is a reasonable expectation of damage to national security? I mean, it gets weird. You could say this is people with good intentions just being a little overzealous, a little overprotective. And that does make sense until you realize the next problem, different agencies of the same government use classification against each other. They use it to beef. And this is a true story. It's that old jurist my addiction crap, right? 
Yes, just so. <laughs> it's I've like, never I mean, heard that, but I like it. it. It's almost like subtweets, you know what I mean? But like that, that people can't see, you know, it's, it's, it's like because there's, there are these, you know, back and forth with these uh, agencies, et cetera, that they're, they're seeing these. So there could be little digs kind of built in, uh, in the same way that, you know, a celebrity might diss another celebrity on Twitter without actually naming them. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. I mean, each agency can function often as its own little kingdom, and they have goals and desires that might contradict the goals and desires of their counterparts. They're also in an eternal existential war for that piece of that beautiful taxpayer pie. So despite having common cause on paper, these groups beef with each other literally all the f- time. And, uh, and Giglio, uh, if we go back to Atlantic article, uh, Giglio points out how this becomes an issue. Giglio says, quote, there are many scandals that were shielded from view, not just from the public, but from government officials who might have put a stop to them, at least in part by classification. That makes so much sense to me, guys. We talk on the show all the time about how often when some conspiracy begins, it's because somebody messed up just a tiny bit or maybe a really big bit, but, but the organization decided, no, we have to protect ourselves by protecting this person by making this whole thing not have happened. Right. And everybody messes up. Sometimes it doesn't matter how awesome you are. It doesn't matter what clearance you've got. Everybody messes up a little bit sometimes. So like, I'm just imagining this game where they're all trying to shield their own mess ups from each other organization. (laughs) It's so silly. It's weird. It seems, it seems like a comedy movie to me. It is. It is very much, you know, you get to a death, a death of Stalin again, catch 22 territory with this Dr. Strangelove. Uh, Dr. Strangelove as well. So, uh, yeah, correct. Dr. Strangelove as well. So th- this is where we go to folks like Elizabeth Goiton, who directs the National Security Program at the Brennan Center. And Goiton notes that it's not always just to cover up the happy accidents, the little mistakes uh, that are all part of the beautiful human <laughs> tapestry. It's also a known technique used to keep other people out of the conversation and minimize resistance. You're the CIA. You're going to do something that you know the uh, FBI or Congress or whomever might not like. Then just classify it so that they can't can't get access to it. Uh, A notorious example (laughs) that Goyton brings up would be the CIA's use of torture, or I guess the legal department requires me to call it enhanced interrogation or something. In the aftermath of September 11th, uh, they they did conduct torture. They definitely did it. Black sites scattered across the world. And this was seen as a necessary evil, but also visibility of this program was classified out of conversations so that people couldn't stop them beforehand. And that's the issue. The higher classification, the fewer people can read it or raise a flag if something's wrong. And this is the weaponization of classification. It doesn't get talked about much in mainstream discourse because people would rather you not know about it. Just to put it plainly, people don't want you to think about the ways in which this stuff could be used. They want you on your heels. They want you defensive and scared of whatever fits under the umbrella of the national security boogeyman. And that's simply not always the case. I yield my time. Well, 
Let's take a quick pause, have a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and get more, get more top secret, get more in the weeds of this stuff, because, man, there's a lot, a lot more to dig into. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. This episode of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is brought to you in part by Illumination Global Unlimited. I'm tired of things not going your way. Are other people constantly getting the better of you? Why not try Secret Sausage, the brand new clandestine concierge service from Illumination Global Unlimited. Secret Sausage, huh? That sounds fishy. What is that? It sure is fishy, my friend. Uh, signing up is simple. Just visit your local meat market. 
literally anywhere selling meat, and say the magic words. I'll have one sausage, please, and make it secret for me. That will trigger the sensor embedded deep within the butcher's brain. Trust me, friend, they'll know exactly what to do. Then all you have to do is pony up the fee of $1,883 American. Exactly that amount, if you please. And you'll be all set. Nothing else to do but wait for the benefits to start kicking in. Okay, so what kind of benefits? That's a lot of money. I don't know if I can afford that. Am I getting something amazing? Well, it's a lot of money and a lot of questions. Look, you'll never know how the secret sausage is made, and frankly, neither will we. But who cares, as long as it works, right? Daddy, I don't feel anything anymore. It's fabulous. Must be that secret sausage? God, that was a lot of money. Become a special access patron today. Secret sausage can, in limited use, provide the following side effects. Dropsy, scurvy, ropesy, two toes, three toes, five. Uh, the number seven appearing in strange places. Fjord, mesolithemioma, limited edition release vinyl. Secret sausage, a subsidiary of Illumination Global Unlimited. <laughs> And we have returned. As always, folks, you know, we don't always get to choose the ads. Uh, the legal department says, uh, tells us to say that we are grateful for the continued sponsorship of Illumination Global Unlimited. If you are not read on to the third act of this episode, then unfortunately, we're going to have to advise you to stop listening now. It's not even going to play. If you try and keep going, not even going to play. So if it's playing, congratulations, whether or not you knew it, you have a clearance. Uh, And that's because you must be important to national security, which leads us to the big question. What exactly is national security? Well, sort of like beauty or porn. People are going to tell you, I know it when I see it. And they're all going to have different opinions and both run deep. (laughs) The hardest thing about this concept is that national security is a very real thing and it is important, whatever it is, as as amorphous as it may be. (laughs) Whatever it is, (laughs) it's we we know it's important. We know that. Yeah, that's like number one. It's like we're in Always Sunny trying to figure out what a VIG is. You know, like what's the I'm trying to get a you know how like Gangsters say Just that thing at the top, you know? It's like a vig. Yeah, uh, is it short for something, too? Oh, vigorous. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. I just learned this literally just now from Urban Dictionary, so. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a, there, there is no denying it's a real thing. It is true. I imagine you're the head of the DOE, the Department of Energy. We mentioned them because they're huge in this field because they touch the nukes. So you know nuclear research needs as much secrecy as possible because billions of dollars and more importantly, if you're a decent person, millions of human lives hang in the balance, but stuff gets so sticky so quick. I know I'm cursing a lot in today's episode, but there's just so much free about uh, the concept of national security has experienced a cartoonish degree of what is called mission creep. We've discussed this in the past. Mission creep is when something starts with a narrow scope. Um, just like an easy example is, let's say... a Let's say Matt, Noel, and I are on a mission to buy a pizza 
So we start having meetings about it for some reason. And by the end of our meetings, we're not just buying one pizza. Now we have constructed a multi-year strategic plan uh, that allocates certain amounts of funding to various types of pizza rated by desirability and allergens. Or <laughs> or we've just decided to go into the pizzeria business. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. Uh, ben, ben, you conjured in my mind this image of the Department of Energy and there's just some nukes about, and it's just th- they're just this about. Thing. They're just this they're thing just, just laying around. Yeah. <laughs> but it's this like thing. like cats at a bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this thing that is the Department of Energy, and it's just got these nukes, and it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, just touching mm. the nukes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's very Doctor Strange love. I, I was listening, I was listening to a podcast about it, and they pointed out something I didn't really clock. There's a lot of weird sexual energy in that movie surrounding you did, you clock that? I mean I did but I didn't really think about how overt it was like I mean obviously talking about precious bodily fluids but just like the general ripper I think is his name he's just ready to go like he and and, oh, yeah, like, yeah. and he's like about to mm-hmm. about to pop if you know what I mean yeah yeah I think he I think he needs that kind of military situation to really you know <clears throat> feel adequate yeah. to reach completion exactly you know thank you I mean? yes <laughs> his his uh, old playboy fold out is actually just a missile you know <laughs> uh, so it's it's true these things get sticky because all right originally <laughs> oh gosh yeah no we got to keep it that was accidental legal will just write to us um so it, it originally meant just a possible military attack you have to have operational security. You have to protect national security because you're making sure the nation is safe from uh, adversaries, foreign and domestic. But these days, because big business is so hand in hand with governments on a global level and on a domestic level, it, it, national security has stretched. It's warped. You could say it's evolved or devolved. We don't care. But it, now it means things like economic security. Will this make us lose money? Energy security. Will this mean we can't keep the lights on? Food security. Can we, will this threaten our ability to feed the population, et cetera, et cetera. But it gets even worse and more ridiculous when government officials start conflating, oh, and business tycoons start conflating national security with political goals. Will this help or hurt my team? Will this endanger my job, my career, my profits from Q1 to Q4? And people do that all the time. The Goyton says the system is set up to fail. There's not really accountability. So what happens when national security becomes more like personal security? How great would that be? How great would it be to say, hey, you know, um, I need a 0% loan because me going broke is a matter of national security. Banks have done that. You know what I mean? They didn't get in trouble. So why not me, says America? It's making me think about those cables again, um, the diplomatic cables, and just about how much of that stuff didn't feel important because there were so many cables that were leaked at that time in 2010. A lot of it was just... I don't know, regular comms, except communications between people that seem to be kind of mean in nature when they're talking about other people. Like, seriously, like, just kind of... Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I put it's it in, big I'd mean, say mean girls energy. Yes, it's that's mean, exactly mean what girls. it is. Yeah. And and you imagine that maybe that's really one of the main reasons people wanted to keep this stuff. Well, there are two things. Because those communications are classified, they're not going to come out. So you can kind of say whatever you want, I guess. Maybe that's what makes those people say some of those things. But at the same time, it makes me think that, <laughs> that that's one of the reasons you'd want to keep it classified. Yeah, because it's all about relationships. You could impact a relationship at some at some level. And this, this is a real problem. And there's a, a hypothetical aspect to it. So let's talk about the valid part. Yeah, you're the president. You're a prime minister, something like that. You're 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 a big man on campus, and you're about to conclude this huge policy deal. You campaigned on this deal. People are waiting for you to do your job, you know. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be anything: autonomous drones, uh, trade deal on semiconductors, expansion of resource extraction in foreign mines. And you're having this candid conversation with your team about how your counterpart in another country is just a f wild dude. He's getting plastered. He's hiring sex workers. He's even showed up in public uh, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, drunk as a skunk in his underwear, trying to get a cab and get some pizza. That is a true story yeah, that happened with Yeltsin. That yeah. sounded familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeltsin, it was uh, even more fun than us at parties. Uh, Boris Yeltsin, did uh, get overserved, as they would say, wandered into the street in DC in his underwear, tried to hail a cab and get some pizza. Security got to him before the dominoes, by that the way. So funny. Gosh. But, but it really happens. And you know, the the truth of the matter is the real politic is like, yeah, you might whinge and moan about this guy in private, but you need to make sure the public, both your country and his or hers or theirs, sees you as too important, level-headed folks with good intentions. So you classify your little therapy and complaining sessions as a matter of national security. This happens so much more often than people think, but also it has to. Oh yeah, man. It's like when a cop turns on their blue light so they can run a light. You know, I mean, only it's much more egregious than that and, and, and much more obscured. But, yeah, that's that's just a blatant abuse of power. But how can you even go about calling someone on it when it's been classified? Mm hmm. Right. You don't have the right to ask me that you should be arrested for even n knowing about that time. We, you know, me and that guy went to that place, which was not a brothel. But a charity. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, so there are clear problems. That's our that's our statement today. And whether you are in the business or outside of it, uh, you can see those problems are clear and apparent. They go across administrations. They go across political ideologies. If you are not in the United States, then unfortunately, something very much like this is probably occurring in your neck of the global woods. So how do we fix it? Should we fix it? Nah. No, <laughs> let's just keep it as it is. It's working great. No, I'll say, you know, I love I love imagining founding fathers and historical figures of yesteryear on Twitter. You know, that never happened until recently. Uh, but I mean, maybe people should be overly cautious. Do we have to do we have to just accept the corruption and conspiracy of people, you know, 
doing what seems best for them, even if it endangers the nation, because the alternative is living in a world where your government leaders are going on social social media and saying stuff like LMAO, Yeltsin, you a real one. Shots on me once we squash this cold war. You know what I mean? That's Drovia, my guy. Squash this cold beef. Yeah, squash that cold. Correct. Squash that cold beef. But, I mean, that's the thing. These people, no matter what the propaganda tells you about anyone in the world, these people are human. And that means that if they're human, they talk the way that you talk with your friends in private. It's just more dangerous for them to be around a hot mic. So... It's kind of, it's like, you know what else it reminds me of? I know we're going long. It reminds me of legacy software, stuff that has been patched and repatched and band-aided so much uh, over time that it's almost a ship of thesis argument and people don't always know how it works. They just know that there's some stuff that you can't do. You know, there's other stuff that you have to do. That's the reason why sometimes in the world of IT, there are people whose entire job is just to um, just to be the one person who knows how this crazy thing works, right? Like um, training programs or stuff like Scimitar for Delta. Um, this kind of stuff is... Um, I don't know. It's a very fragile system. You try, you could try to fix some things, but then you could end up making it worse. And one of the immediate consequences of that is going to be the definition of national security just gets a little bit bigger every single time you try to fix it. In the end, we don't have to worry about any of this, guys. It's not going to last much longer. I, I, I had this uh, dream the other night. I'm sorry to bore you with this real quick. But no, dream please. the other night that uh, everything ends. Just like humanity, civilization just ends for whatever reason. And Those there's fun one, dreams. There's this one person who managed to uh, to make it in one of these bunkers. It's like a billionaire, right? Really smart billionaire. And they made it. And before they die... Uh, they're able to type out everything they can remember that happened in history in a like a text document. And that's the only thing that sticks around for the next time humanity begins to arise. And that becomes the holy book. It's just this billionaire's remembrances of what happened in history <laughs> as he died of starvation. Anyway, yeehaw. No, I, you know, uh, history is written by the victors, and that's the reason why. It's so important to read as much about history as you can, because somewhere hidden in there is the future of what's going to happen to you and the generations after you, which I know sounds terrifying, but it is very true. I had a, I had a dream recently, Matt, where I, I had a series of dreams where I was hanging out with Robin Williams. I'm not sure why. I was in his, uh, he had this really nice apartment in New York and was like helping him build furniture. He was giving me life uh, advice. Awesome. That's a cool dream. And, uh, it's a weird dream. It's a, it was he was it felt realistic, you guys, because he wasn't nice to everyone. He was ben, tired of some people. My dream logs are classified. Okay, stop okay. reading them. How do I get read on? Yeah. All right. So read us on to your opinions, there, folks. We're going to be following up later with an episode on security clearances and how that becomes uh, so insanely weird as well. In the meantime, we want to know your thoughts, whether you're inside or outside the biz. 
Is there a way to fix this? Should it be fixed? What What are some other problems you think people need to be made aware of? We can't wait to hear your thoughts. We try to be easy to find um, online until they classify us. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, and on Twitter at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. And by the way, uh, Twitter as a platform right now, absolute bonkers delight to behold. I just thought I'd throw this in. Uh, a, a fake, uh, newly $8 verified Chiquita Bennett Brands account uh, tweeted, we've just overthrown the government of Brazil, to which the actual, still identical with the same verified check mark that they, you know, actually received legitimately, responded, we apologize to those who have, who have been um, served a misleading message from a fake Chiquita account. We have not overthrown a government since 19 19- 54. <laughs> oh, that's great. Here's, here's another one I read that I loved. It was a Tesla looking verified saying, breaking, a second Tesla has hit the World Trade Center. Oh, uh, so no. this is, yeah, it's what a time to be alive. What a time. We're conspiracy uh, stuff on those platforms, including Twitter. Um, conspiracy stuff show on Instagram. Uh, yeah, hopefully you can discern if it's actually us or not. Oh, guys. The uncertainty is is peak. It's top uncertainty. And in these uncertain times, some of our fellow conspiracy realists find nothing more reliable than an old school phone call. The power is yours. All you have to do is pick up your phone telephonic device and dial 1-833-STDWYTK. You'll hear a voice. You'll hear a beep that tells you you're in the right place. Beep. After that, you get three minutes. Go wild. Get really weird. Give yourself a nickname, a moniker, an AKA. We love them as much as Daily Zeitgeist. Tell us what's on your mind. Tell us if we can use your name and message on the air. Most importantly, don't censor yourself. If you need uh, more than three minutes to tell us your story, you got links to send. We always love that. Take us to the edge of the rabbit hole. We'll do the rest. All you have to do is drop us a line at our old-fashioned email address where we are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. 
Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. 